This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warren, here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. When I wrote the book about the fourth industrial revolution, I described 23 technologies. And at that time, only five years ago, many of those technologies were considered science fiction. Today, they all have become realities and new technologies we have to deal with. Quantum technology, the metaverse, it's a whole panoply of technologies which interact and which completely will change how we produce, how we consume, how we communicate. And if you look at technological revolutions, it usually goes in the form of an S-curve. And just now we are at the inflection point to exponential development. And technology will change completely what we are doing at this present time, it will change and it will have an impact on okay, even who okay. we are. I can't, I, Just can't, look. I can't hear the big fish and the little fish again. But the big fish and the little fish, he says they got two pilot fish, and that's government and big business. So Klaus Schwab landed right out there for you, and it's all about the G20. They're over there deciding your future right now. Joe Allen, we're going to get into this, all of it, about the vaccine passports. And not that they have enough respect for you to come back and say, and there's a great piece in USA Today about this, about uh, Joe Biden, like Obama threatened, you can't govern with a pen and a phone. You actually have to go to Congress and you have to work this out because they represent the people. Uh, and now that we control the House, it's going to be game on. OK, so don't even come with your crap because they're going to get turned down. The answer is no. How about this? What is that? Look at that right there. Let me, yeah, that's a no. OK, because these people are coming in hot right now. They're coming in hot because of you, the audience. They don't want to cross you. This is why this is why they're kicking the can. They're kicking the debt ceiling into the next year because of uh, because of Tester and Mansion and a couple of three others. Let's throw cinema in there. They don't want to be they don't want to be on the hook right now for any kind of. They got to get a bipartisan debt ceiling deal. They can't just vote it in in a reconciliation bill. That's the that's the uh, that's the gimmick. They're trying to do it. They, they Tester goes, I'll be, I'm, I'm done. Montana, it's going to be hard enough. I'm out. Mansion, I'm out. Cinema, I'm out. You can't do that. Because besides all the lies about the debt ceiling, we're going to have Dr. John Roberts on here at the bottom of the hour from Heritage, wrote a brilliant piece in Fox News that puts all the lies aside about how important the debt ceiling is and the leverage on the debt ceiling. And Philip Patrick's going to join us from Birch Gold. I want to go to Darren Beatty. Uh, first, I'm going to get to Joe Allen in just a second. Darren, a couple things on Signal that we got to get up and, and talk about is, um, t- uh, first off, Twitter. Now, now here's my theory of the case has been from day one. He's buying a crime scene. He bought a crime scene. You know, he inadvertently got over his skis on this thing. He got hooked up legally and had to close on a $44 billion deal of something. I'm not sure he could give it away. But he bought a crime scene, and now the perps – are all leaving the crime scene. Is that essentially what it is? They got the yellow tape around the building and they're all, they're all escaping now that he said, Hey, you got to go to work that all you Twinkies. Cause they, they got there and they couldn't figure out wh- where everybody was. All the buildings were quasi empty because nobody was working. And then they felt, figured out guys were working four hours a day. They cut half the staff already and the thing still seems to be going. Now they're going to cut another, I don't know, a half. Where, where do we stand in your beloved, your beloved public square, uh, Twitter, and today we'll let you put the pom-poms up because Elon Musk is being a hammer. Absolutely, and we cover this all in a brand new piece that's right up at revolver.news. It's called, very simply, Elon is taking out the trash. And in fact, 
he's proven so good at taking out the trash <laughs> that he's convinced the trash to take itself out. The trash literally grew legs and walked into the dumpster where it belongs. And people are leaving en masse. And, you know, I think it's a fantastic lesson about the truths of life and the truth of business is that so many people can simply leave this company and there's basically zero change. It's imperceptible. That just shows how worthless and how dispensable these people are. And for you know, high agency people who start businesses and who work all the time and worry about things all the time. It's amazing to think that the life in these types of bloated companies is really easy street. You just sit around, you collect your paycheck, you vest in the company, and it's just a lazy corporate culture. And Elon sent a shot across the bow saying, that's not what this is anymore. We're going from bloated, moribund um, corporation back to startup mindset. And I think apart from all of the political dynamics of this, which are important, I think a lot of people are simply just too lazy to readjust to that sort of startup framework and couldn't hack it and left. And so while we've been covering sort of the free speech implications, I think the business implications of this are almost as important. And there's actually something called Price's Law uh, that kind of quantifies what may be going on here, which effectively says that you take the total number of employees of any organization, you take the square root of that. And um, that's the number of people responsible for half of the work. So if you have 100 employees, square root of that is 10, and 10 people are doing 50% of what the 100 people there are doing. So he's he's going to find out where that number actually is. I think he can take out even more of the trash. Earlier on, I was a, a, we were doing a, a discussion here on War Room. I said he could get rid of 90% and nobody would notice. And I think this is kind of bearing that um, prognostication out pretty favorably. This is how this is. I've said from day one, the management, the board of directors, the employees are all scum, right? This is what scum they are. They secured the building because they didn't want sabotage. They, they knew that these scumbags were going to come back instead of cleaning out their desk. We're going to try to get access to certain systems and processes and try to, and actually try to destroy. They're trying, they, they're going to, leaving Twitter, they want to take down Twitter. So they never really cared about it being a, uh, a public square. Right. Is that, is that, am I accurate in, 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 in talking about the scum over at Twitter? Right. And again, a lot of it is political. I mean, there are a lot of the woke activist types and there's an intersection between the lazy and competent people and the woke people, because if you're not doing any actual work, then your cover story is usually, oh, I'm here to ensure, you know, uh, that misinformation, uh, uh, the misinformation problem doesn't develop on Twitter and all these. So it's it's a dangerous thing that actually hinges on free speech, but it's also a tremendous rift. And it accounts for a profound amount of just dead weight, um, not only in Twitter, but I think across the tech sector and across the corporate sector at large. And it would be really interesting to see if other companies start to follow suit, because I don't think Twitter, like Twitter is a unique case in the sense of its function as a global public square. But I don't think it's unique in the sense that you can get rid of 90% of people and no one would notice and things might actually function more smoothly. I think that's probably a more or less um, accurate uh, state of affairs across the corporate sector, give or the, take you know, 20%. The, 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 the scum at Twitter is going to try to damage Twitter, so then blame Elon for taking out the trash, you watch. That's all. That's all to come. And of course, you got these people dropping off. Good, dr- goodbye. Drop off. Go. Go with right. God. Go to your. Was it windstorm? Or they got some new thing they're going to Mastodon right. or some new site. Go to go to Mastodon. Right. Go 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 congregate together over in that corner. We have no problem with that. Go congregate. Do right. do your thing and do your do your hate. Um, Again, where we clean things the, up because think part of the free speech yeah. angle it really does invite us to a kind of fascinating thought exercise, which is that in contemporary United States of America, what I call the globalist American empire, to have a lean and mean sort of corporate structure 
um, that is purely dedicated to talent and efficiency is borderline illegal. It's borderline illegal to construct yeah. your company such as that you're just looking at people on the basis of talent and what they produce. Um, and so this is kind of an interesting type of experiment from that perspective as well. And I think it'd be tremendous uh, for you know the American corporate sector, for the American economy, if this kind of starts a domino chain reaction and kind of gives maybe other uh, CEOs the flexibility to follow suit and say, yeah. look, we've got, no, a, lot equity. We've got a lot of trash and we need to take it out. Yeah. They had that great piece over the weekend about all the social justice warriors, all these people. They're the ones getting laid off now, right? The 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 ones that were hanging around for climate change, all that. Let's play. I want to play this. We Josh Hawley ups his game on being a firebrand every day. He's got an amazing piece out today. I think in the Washington Post. But I want to play. Let's play this video that's been put. The the this uh, great uh, guy overseas makes these videos. Uh, Max Evans, I think his name is. Let's go here and and, and uh, let's see it. Quad Review says that DHS plans to target, I'm quoting now, inaccurate information domestically on a wide array of subjects, including, quoting, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support from for Ukraine. This is what you're devoting your agency's resources to. So. I guess my first question is, is an American citizen who criticizes COVID mandates now to be treated as a domestic terrorist? Uh, you have three inaccuracies in the question you posed to me. Number one, border security is a priority of ours. Number two, the department does not censor speech. And number three, we did not publish a quadrennial review. Does it exist, the quadrennial review? I believe it is uh, being worked on. Well, it, it's been published in the media. Will you make it public? Uh, when it is final, it will be public. Here's my question then. If, if you're not censoring speech and if you're not treating Americans as domestic terrorists, then why is it that you're pressuring big tech to treat American citizens as if they're threats to the homeland? Why are you pressuring them to censor speech? Thank you for taking the time to meet today. Wanted to make sure you saw the steps we took just this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation. Are you familiar with that one? Just yes, no. just yes or no. Uh, no, because I'm the okay. secretary of DHS. Well, I'm asking you that because it's funny you say that. A federal judge has just found as a finding of fact, Mr. Secretary, that your office, and I'm going to quote now, is supervising the nerve center of federally directed censorship. We have example after example of this administration coordinated, apparently, according to a federal court, by your agency, pressuring, coercing social media companies to engage in censorship. Is that constitutional? That is unequivocally false. Is what the emails show? It is unequivocally false, Senator. You're not having any meetings with them whatsoever? Uh, we meet with um, the tech companies. How often? To address, to address the Homeland Security You're saying that, that no one in your office has ever met with, coordinated, or otherwise engaged in any contact with a social media company in which you spoke to them about vaccine mandates, about uh, COVID mask mandates, about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, about the about the current uh, U.S. involvement in Ukraine. None of that has ever happened. I, I don't know what you're referring to, Senator. I've cited a federal judge who says your department is engaged in supervising the nerve center of federally directed censorship. Here's my point. The federal government may not use private third parties to engage in activities that are unconstitutional. That's exactly what you and this administration are doing. You are leveraging private companies to carry out censorship on your behalf. It's dystopian, but worse than that, it's unconstitutional. It's also false. That, ladies and gentlemen, is when Josh Hawley talks about the new Republican Party, That you're seeing it right there. That's it. No holds barred. Not going to back off. Josh Hawley gets it. He gets it a very deep level. He's a very smart guy. And here's the thing. Whether you're going to Revolver News, whether you're talking here in Steve Cortez or Peter Navarro, we see Josh Hawley. The people coming together for this populist nationalist movie, there's no intellectual slumming. It's at the cutting edge. He eviscerated Mayorkas. Eviscerated him. Got him, got him in about 10 perjury traps. Darren Beatty, Joe Allen on the other side in a moment in the war room.
warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance. It's in my name or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code radio. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Darren Beatty, uh, Josh Hawley's angle of attack, and then let's talk about this Axios piece because I think they're kind of inextricably linked. Um, Hawley is on point, is he not, sir? He's absolutely on point, and I congratulate him for that Um riveting uh, performance there. He gave Mayorkas the drilling that he certainly deserved. And uh, for those not familiar, uh, basically the DHS is the tip of the spear in this broader um, war on the Patriots. It's the domestic war on terror. And DHS, which was set up in the aftermath of 9-11 to serve the function of the war on terror under Bush, um, now that the war on terror rift is kind of over, it's effectively repurposed itself to prosecute this domestic war on terror and classify basically half the country as white supremacist national security threats. And they've zeroed in on three dimensions, which they find particularly troubling from a national security point of view. That is, any American who dares to suggest that the 2020 election wasn't absolutely fair and square. Those people are domestic terrorists and DHS officials, former and current, have compared them directly to ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Um, anybody who questions uh, the narrative surrounding COVID, and in fact, there was even a report that came out earlier of them saying, oh, if we end the lockdowns, this could mean people could gather together and, <laughs> and launch terrorist attacks. Therefore, we need to keep the lockdown. So they're very curious and sensitive about COVID. And they're very sensitive about January 6th. And of course, anyone with any passing familiarity with Revolver News coverage has an idea of why they would be so sensitive to people asking questions about January 6th. So I think it's a great step, and Holly did very well. I would say this um, is that basically the way that censorship functions in the United States still largely through NGO cutouts. That is to say, it is still the case that the government effectively outsources its censorship function to these civil society groups like Atlantic Council's DFR Labs, Stanford's Internet Observatory, most universities now have one. There are several. Many of them, incidentally, are NATO affiliated. The story of NATO and censorship is a really shocking one that is yet to be told. But my only sort of not correction, but sort of addendum to Holly is that I would say it's convenient that the DHS is caught red handed in its involvement in this because then we could say there's a constitutional violation. But I would add to that that the normal configuration whereby the government censors through these NGO and civil society proxies is equally as malicious and contrary to the yeah. spirit of the First Amendment. And so we yeah. can't be satisfied just because we caught the DHS and the government getting a yeah. little bit too cocky. No, no but, the, but you know, I, I, even, even talking... But even talk, we're missing the point where we even talk about free speech or the First Amendment. That's not what this is about. They're so far beyond this. This is about absolute total control, social credit. This is authoritarianism with these, the same way China's doing with these big companies. That's what Hawley was, I think he was getting to. 
The, the well, nice yeah, theoretical but, conversations about first amendment. These people, these people are totalitarians. They have basically well, weaponized yeah. DOJ, weaponized the FBI, weaponized DHS against the MAGA movement, against the American people. And guess what? We control the house now and we're going to control the Senate. We blew it because Mitch McConnell didn't put his money with, with the good guys, but they got 24 Democratic senators come up. Why do you think Cinema and Tester and Manchin, who had raised the debt ceiling in a New York second, are all run away from doing reconciliation of the debt? So they're afraid of MAGA. They're afraid of the, the voters in places like randomly West Virginia, Montana, and, and Arizona. Well, it shows see, you the power of the MAGA movement. Don't and let anybody not tell you power. This is about this apparatus is so out of control and it must be confronted and it must be confronted today. Darren Beatty. Well, I wasn't, you know, trying to hang up on sort of the the constitutional peculiarities here. That I think was part of the problem of Hawley's approach here is that yes, it makes sense. You're talking to the DHS guys, so you're going to say this is a violation of First Amendment because it's the government pressuring these private parties and civil society groups. I'm simply saying that the normal infrastructure of censorship comes through these cutout organizations. And we simply shouldn't be content to say, okay, if we're if we yeah. can get the DHS to stop doing it, it's okay because there's an entire civil society infrastructure of yes, revolving exactly. core figure to yes. go from Facebook yes. to government back to Facebook who are responsible yeah. for this censorship in the first place. Yeah. How do people get to revolver? I gotta jump to Joe Allen. How do they get to you? You guys are on fire, as I like to say, over there. Revolver.news, there are some amazing pieces right out the top, including the Elon piece. Tomorrow night, we're going to run the piece that I referenced in our last discussion. It's a huge okay. piece. I don't know how it'll land, but I think it's one of the biggest that we've ever done. It's amazing in its scope and implications. And I'm just very proud of it. So stay tuned for this. Well, we've maybe, got maybe, maybe, really maybe, maybe tomorrow morning tomorrow we can get to show a little ankle on it. A tease. We can give you a tease. Darren B, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. We'll have you. you we'll, we'll, this piece is going to be huge on the crypto. Um, Joe Allen, tell us. I want to tie in. We got five minutes. It's all yours. I want to tie in what's going on over at in the G20 with the executive order they did on transhumanism, with the executive order they did on digital currency. I mean, they they can't go to congresses because they know we would thwart it right but they're trying to use they're trying to use extraordinary powers they don't have to revolutionize american society and partner and give our sovereignty up over the g20 joe allen absolutely steve you've got uh the g20 declaration delineating the sorts of agreements between these nations uh that would in their language, facilitate cooperation, uh, it looks a lot more like collusion to me. But, um, you know, as we spoke about yesterday, you've got this emphasis on mass digitization, a sort of admission that the COVID-19 pandemic, and particularly the COVID-19 pandemic response, led to a, an extraordinary degree of digitization in all facets of life, from education personal interaction, business interactions, so on. So what you see in that declaration uh, is a, a sort of an attempt to articulate how these governments will work together in order to, and, and these are the, the elements that I find the most important, in order to bring about uh, digital currency. They specifically mention uh, the creation of various digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, in order to facilitate transnational exchanges. And, uh, you know, that comes right on the heels of the Federal Reserve partnering with 12 different banks uh, for a 12-week pilot of the digital dollar, what I suggest should be called the mark. But you also have uh, this emphasis on the digitization of medicine so that uh, there are a direct link in the language and in the, the institutions involved between that and Biden's biotechnology and biomanufacturing initiative, which, of course, seek to create mass databases for AI training, uh, which seek to, uh, you know, pour a lot of funding into genetic engineering. And in the G20 declaration, they also talk about the ways in which government will uh, 
cooperate or collude uh, to exchange mRNA technologies for new vaccines. Now, all of that, I think, really does land home when you look at the, 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 pro- the proposition put forward by Indonesia's health minister and also put in the declaration that there should be an interna- a standardized, standardized international global digital vaccine passport. Uh, the declaration just simply talks about proof of vaccination via digital and non-digital means in order for citizens to move across borders or within countries. But uh, as Dr. Malone has covered, as Naomi Wolf has covered, as so many people have covered, you have had for uh, really about a decade, but certainly since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic response, this push for internal digital global vaccine passports and, of course, cross-border vaccine passports. What that means is anytime there is a pandemic scare or any sort of disease scare, whether it's monkeypox or some new variant of COVID or something that we, we can't foresee, is that they will be able to not only shut off your ability to travel with these digital passports, not unlike we see in China today, but they may also be able to shut off your ability to simply buy food with the institution of central bank digital currencies. So I think that the G20 meeting really represents uh, an exertion of, of power and, and maybe more importantly, it, it gives a sense that these nations and these leaders from Trudeau uh, and, and of course, you know, the presence of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates, these leaders are emboldened. They have absolutely no yeah. sense of humility. They yeah. do not admit any mistake. Uh, that they have made in the last two years. And I think they plan to go forward with oh, all of these schemes full steam. Gotta, yeah. We don't need their apology because they're never apologies. Uh, Joe, hang on, because uh, I'm going to come back to this and, and talk about the structure of the G20. By the way, this is not conspiracy theory. They're, they're, they, this is their proclamations. This, this is what they're negotiating and putting out. COP27, which is the climate change part of it, in Egypt, the e- European Union negotiators actually came to actually engaged in and came to a framework for reparations. The G20 is kind of, that's the thing that kind of runs the deal. Then you had these offshoots around it. That's why you had this B20 there right now with Klaus Schwab. Anyway, we're going to get an all to it, make sure you understand it all. And also how these executive orders that this radical regime keeps dropping are the implications of them and and i mean they lay it out it's right there in black letters not not interpretation boom they say it so we'll get back to it all joe allen is going to come back and join us in a little while we're going to have dr roberts from heritage wrote an absolutely brilliant piece that every american citizen should read over this weekend and contemplate over this weekend next in war Friends, if the current diesel fuel crisis gets any worse, truckers might not be able to deliver enough food to grocery stores in the coming months. Are you ready for that? It's a real threat. But here's a very real solution. Right now, you can stock up on emergency food and save a ton of money with this offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off $250 on each three-month emergency food kit. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now. To get this great deal, my Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more. This is the lowest price since 2019. So get it while you can. Remember, supply chain breakdowns are still impacting everyday life. You must be able to depend upon yourself for survival. So get this food today. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Preparewithbannon.com. And you'll save 250 bucks on each three-month emergency food kit you get. Your order ships fast, and it ships free. Don't wait for empty stores. Don't wait for empty shelves. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Spent, it's really nothing. It's, uh, they demean it, and they say it's already spent. And I'm sitting there going, that's a lie. That's just not true. But you never see any Republicans come forward and not say that. Kevin Roberts finally did it. He finally walks you through why it's not only important, it's a leverage point, and it was done for a reason. Dr. Roberts, take it away, sir, because this is really fantastic. And it, it, you, in the audience, because 
we're about agency. You have to understand this to see how things are going to unfold over the next year. Dr. Uh, Kevin Roberts. Steve, thanks for having me on again. So two or three quick things, although they're, they're important, not because I said them, but because they're true. The first thing is to key in on one of the last statements you just made in this, this opening of the segment. And it is that when the elites in Washington, D.C., who are on the radical left, are dismissive towards something, when their compatriots in the legacy media are dismissive towards something, read between the lines, that something needs to be the thing we fight for. And so that's, that's true about everything, but especially when it comes to the debt limit. So point two, to get to the heart of it, I'm a historian, not an economist, but I understand economics well and work with a lot of smart ones. This is the key thing. The debt ceiling was put in place, as you said, to protect the American taxpayer. We've had these fights over the debt ceiling, and too often those fights are conceded by even fiscal conservatives in the Republican Party. We have, we're going to be running up against the debt ceiling, which is $31.4 trillion as early as January of 2023. It's possible that the Secretary of the Treasury can make some maneuvers to extend that by a few months, maybe even six months. But the point is, it is a certainty that in 2023, let me emphasize that, it is 100% going to happen that we're going to run up against the debt ceiling because we're just, just, a hundred billion dollars shy of it. And because we spend like drunken sailors, no offense intended, it means that within weeks, if not months, we're going to be there. And so point three is this is the definitive fight to have in spite of the losses or perhaps the, the, the unmaterialized red wave of the last several days, because this is how the slim House majority of Republicans can show the American people that this is not a Republican versus Democrat fight. It's not a Trump versus some other Republican fight. It is a fight by us, the conservatives, for the American people, against the elites who want to take our money and take our power. I'm, I'm almost literally coming out of my chair because I find it so exciting. But the postscript that I would write as I wrap up this response, Steve, is that I'm, I'm frustrated like you and your audience, because so many times the Republicans in D.C. and leadership say, oh, we're going to go fight this. You know, those of you on the outside who have money to spend on political ads, we need you to go spend several hundred thousand dollars, millions of dollars of your donors money to go fight for this. And then they cave. What I'm saying this day is that I'm tired of them caving and it's time for them to actually do good and stick to the fight. And if they do, the American people will be with them. You know, we didn't have time to play it, but HBO, when they had this series years ago, that was about the Tea Party with Jeff Daniels. They had a huge like three part part on the part series of it, subseries on on the debt ceiling. And they always come back. This was the Tea Party, but it's basically the Trump movement or the populist that these people are irresponsible, that it's you're messing with the full faith and credit of the United States and the elites know better. Dr. Roberts, is there. Just leaving the debt ceiling sign for a second. Is there any way that we can get control of this beast unless we use it for the simple reason is they're going to come back with this ominous bill that has another one to one and a half to two trillion dollars of spending and that's not going to add in the interest payments that are going to get jacked because they're going to quickly have a trillion dollars of interest. We're in a, uh, we're in a, a, a negative feedback loop we can't pull out of. You, you just can't pull out of unless somebody steps up and says it has to stop now. We have to have a national conversation to bring everybody together, but somebody's got to be the adult in the room. That's why I keep telling the Warren posse. We're bankrupt. There's a creditors committee and you're the chair of it. And you got to act like the chair. But do you see at Heritage, it, 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 all the great thinkers you have there, is there any other way out of this unless somebody steps up and says, we have to stop this madness, sir? Uh, my friend, absolutely not. There, there are two choices. And, and look, I think you know me well enough to know that I don't get into hyperbole. You and I both, your audience, we're sober about the reality we're in, you know, we're in, I'm, I'm supernaturally hopeful, you know, we, maybe the ship's sinking, but I'm going to fight until the end as you will. This is the point about those two choices. We can fight the omnibus 
in the lame duck session. Omnibus is a synonym for BS in Washington, D.C. It's it's a big shopping cart where everyone puts in, you know, their 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 top choices. No doubt there will be more Ukraine aid funding that Lord knows how that will be used. But the point is, we have to fight that. That's sort of the preseason leading up to this debt ceiling fight in 2023. And I actually think we've got a fighting chance at that because there are a couple of fiscal, more fiscally conservative Democrat members of the Senate. If we win that, then it sets us up well, if our side wins it, to fight and to succeed on the debt ceiling in 2023. That's choice one. Not only is that essential, it's essential for the financial stability in the United States, but it's also very helpful strategically for the conservative movement, which is on the brink of despair, as you know. If we don't take that path, then there's only one other path that's possible. That's economic ruin. And that's that's the point that I was going to make that I caused me to make the caveat about not using hyperbole. There will be a catastrophe in this country. In fact, we, we may already be heading down that road. And frankly, it's because of both the Republicans and the Democrats not actually making good on the oath that they take to protect the American people. Dr. Roberts, what, tell us about Heritage. I know you guys have, have uh, got a big group over there thinking about it. What can, are you putting on seminars? Are there going to be conferences? Because this is going to over, this is going to be a firestorm in this city because the city is about money and power when you cut through it. This is going to, and I keep telling people, they're talking about 2024 and all this stuff. I said, hey, 2023 is going to let, going to roll out in a horrific nature. Cause right now you can see, start to see the crash of these capital, the bond market and the capital markets and, and what's happening to the American people under the hood. What tell, walk us through heritage. Where do, where do you go to get more information? Are you guys going to start doing a series of like seminars or conferences that the average person can start to punch into to get up more up to speed? Before I forget, just go to heritage.org. You will see great, great research, but even more importantly than the research, because I don't mean that from this recovering academic, Steve, in a pointy-headed kind of way, research that's crisp, that's <laughs> focused on what the messaging needs to be. But the second thing is, as soon as we, we get past Thanksgiving, what's going to happen in Washington, D.C., is that the, the left will do everything they can in that lame duck session to ram a lot of nonsense down our throats. And so Heritage has already been fighting and doing a lot of seminars, conferences, and meetings on all of those issues. This is going to be job number one by the Heritage Foundation and the conservative movement. So the point is people can go to heritage.org. They can follow me on Twitter, which I see you have up there to, to get notifications of that. But I just can't emphasize enough. I am frustrated, like every other conservative in this country, about not just the last couple of weeks, but for that matter, the last few decades, with just a couple of exceptions. Even though we only have a slim majority in the House, we've got the opportunity to fight. It is the time to fight is right now during the lame duck session, which is the month of December up until Christmas, but especially when we get back from Christmas against this debt ceiling. And, and I'm hopeful that not only do we give people the intellectual ammunition for that fight, but that we convey it in a way for the everyday American. I, I took the job at Heritage a year ago, Steve, because even though I've got fancy initials after my last name. I grew up in a working class, blue collar family in Louisiana, and I see public policy through the eyes of the everyday American. Heritage is the outpost behind enemy lines for the everyday American. We want to arm you to go win these fights. Dr. Roberts, thank you. We'll make sure to start pushing all those uh, seminars and uh, and uh, conferences. People need to get up to speed. What, if we get an informed citizenry, we're, we're going to win this fight. Because people understand deeply something's wrong and it, it's got to stop. It, it, this thing is madness and it's got to stop. And the way to stop it is in the lame duck and then right out, stop the omnibus and then get a real, I think stop the defense authorization act, kick it all into the next Congress. And then let's, uh, uh, let's go about this like adults. So thank you. Thank, do you have personal, do you have personal, um, uh, social media people can follow you? Yes. Uh, easiest is to go to Twitter, Kevin Roberts, TX. And uh, very active there. Uh, you know, I, what I say on Twitter gets me uninvited to the cocktail parties of D.C., but I wasn't going to those anyway. Ah. So that means I'm right on target. <laughs> yeah, a Louisa, blue collar kid from Louisiana, you would bore very, you'd be bored very quickly at those. They're a waste of time. Sir, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Take care.
Uh, and let me give, uh, I'm going to bring it. I have Philip Patrick. Philip Patrick's finished his workout out there in LA. He's, he's, he's also, let's play. Do we have the Nancy Pelosi? Yes. Yeah. Can we play Nancy Pelosi? I want to show you how, how big a deal it is for Nancy who was, who was getting ready to punch out. Let's go ahead and hear it. Before the new Congress is sworn in in January, you have a lot of work to do in what will be a lame duck yeah. uh, session in December. Probably the top of that list, uh, extending the debt limit, because Republicans have said if they get the majority, they're going to try to force concessions from Democrats in order to extend the debt limit. Do you believe you can get a, either a permanent or a very large extension of the debt limit during the lame duck session? Well, I think it would be very important for us to do so. Yeah, it would be very important for you to do so. That's why we ain't going to do it. Okay, you understand? Philip Patrick, you heard Robert, you read this. Uh, I think we may have a victory here. I don't, I don't want to spike the football on the 20, but I understand Tester and uh, Manchin and Cinema and some others who are up for election, re-election understand it's radioactive to do it. Give me 30 seconds. How big is, how big is us stopping this debt ceiling lift right now, sir? It's absolutely massive. It's it's the biggest thing we we've we've talked about for a while. We've talked for a long time about curbing this administration's ability to spend. We need it more today than ever. They're trying to spin that, you know, we're on top of inflation. We're not even close to being on top of inflation. We saw a marginal reduction. We're four times the Federal Reserve's target today. And the only prices that are coming down are non-essentials. You look at prices on essentials, food, shelter, everything's increasing. We haven't got it. We need to curb their ability to spend. Hang on for one second. Philip Patrick from Birch Gold is going to join us on the other side. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only, and I repeat only, Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I, Stephen K. Bannon, trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get a third month free, plus free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. So I want to know, what is your intel and what is your gut telling you about the state of the world right now? That's a great question. So the state of the world right now, there's been two big debates. Are we heading into recession and what's the trajectory of inflation? And of course, the two are intertwined. I, I think we've been a little bit out of consensus. We have felt that we would not have a recession this year in 2022. And in North America, that's borne out to be true. We are, we're highly confident we're going to finish this year on a modest growth note. Now, the issue, of course, is 2023 when the lagged effects of the Fed having increased rates. This is the genius really uh, giving uh, DeSantis $100 million, right? It's all just gobbledygook. Philip Patrick, um, the fact is the American people are in a depression. You look at the analysis we put up every day, they're getting crushed. And just because it's got some mathematical thing on the GDP, we're in a recession right now. Amazon just laid off 10,000 people. FedEx Freight just laid off 2,000 drivers. And Amazon said we're going to lay off more next year. What is Ken Griffin talking about? He's having some kind of theoretical discussion, like trying to be, you know, the, the great wizard of Wall Street. He sounds like a moron. Uh, I just think he, I just think he's out of touch with reality. And, and, and 
you know, there's really not much positive news out there. So look at the stock market. We've seen volatility. We've seen a rally followed by declines. Why is the stock market performing like that? The reality is they're just looking at Federal Reserve policy. Every time the Fed come out and are dovish, the market booms. Every time they come out and are hawkish, the market declines. Then you look at the inflationary piece, right? Like I said, it's, it's you know, the only place that prices are coming down are on non-essentials. The essentials are going up. Is that a sign that we've got a handle on inflation? Absolutely not. It's a sign that we've got recession on the horizon and Americans are changing their spending behaviors accordingly, cutting down on non-essentials. Then you look at where we're heading next year. We've got a big problem, right? The Fed haven't got a handle on inflation. How are they going to combat it? There's one of two ways to do it. They raise taxes or they raise interest rates. Well, they're not going to raise taxes because it's politically unpalatable, which means raising interest rates. But as you mentioned before, that's crippling to the country. So a little bit of context, $31 trillion in debt today. Every 1% interest rate in the federal funds rate constitutes a large category of government spending. It's $310 billion in debt service. So what does that mean? A 1% increase is the equivalent of our Medicaid outlay. 2% increase, the equivalent of our defense spending, which dwarfs the 10 nations below us. A 3% increase constitutes the equivalent of our social security outlays. It's unmanageable. And here's the problem. It's going to end as it always ends. And that's the government reverting to print money. And it'll go the direction that every unbacked currency has in history. And that is decline or disappear. This is this is. And by the way, go to uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon and get the end of the dollar empire. We're going to get more of this now that the election's over. This is a crisis that the nation's never been in before. America is about to have a sovereign debt crisis, first time in yeah. history, and they're going to blame this audience. When we step up to stop the debt increase, to stop the debt limit increase, you're going to be blamed for trashing the full faith and credit of the United States when they've done it. Okay, you are the full faith and credit. Uh, how do we get to Birchgold? We're going to start having you on more regularly now. The the politics is over because this is everything. Where do people go to talk to uh, advisors and to talk to and get more information about Birch Gold? Because now more than ever, you got to get more information about all this. Yeah, I, I agree vehemently. So it's very simple. Uh, birchgold.com forward slash Bannon. They're going to get access not only to information kits on precious metals and the markets, but also access to the dollar reports that you wrote. Um, so a lot of good information. Uh, and they can meet, reach me directly at Philip Patrick on Getter. I'm going to have you back on early next week and talk about this because nobody's putting in the perspective. These interest, we're going to be paying trillions of dollars of interest spends very quickly because all this borrowing was done in a, virtually all of it was done in a zero interest rate environment. That's over. Correct. And what Philip's talking about in one, one basis point up, bang, you're taking Medicaid out. Bang, you're taking defense spending out. Bang, you're taking the equivalent of Social Security out. Not that you're going to zero those, but this is what's, this is what the, the Correct. scale, it's called the law of large numbers. The law of large numbers is about to have a meaningful impact in your life. We're going to explain it. Philip Patrick, you are a rock star. You've been dead spot on this from the beginning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Okay, is Matt Schlapp is Matt Schlapp ready? Can is, can I get to uh, can I get to Matt Schlapp? The Ben Burkwam, Matt Schlapp. Okay, fantastic. Okay, I'm not going to be able to do it then if they're not ready. I would have held, I would have held Philip Patrick. Okay. We're going to have a meltdown here in the war room. <laughs> now let me go to Joe Island. Hey, ever, that's fine. That's cool. I'm good. I had a Red Bull. I'm a little jacked this morning. You know, you almost have to be Joe because there's so much going on and it's such a deep level. And this is what I want to tell the audience. You're not powerless. They want you to be powerless. They want you to be demoralized. They want you to be exhausted. Right, we're going to get into Arizona this afternoon. They want all of that, but you're not, because you come from a lineage of people from the Revolution to the Civil War, to the Great Depression, World War II, and these great turnings in American history. They could have been demoralized and exhausted and just quit, and the nation would have been very different than the one bequeathed to us. That's why it's absolutely essential that you use your agency. 
Joe, you got so much great stuff up now. Where do people go to get all your writings and get uh, and follow you on social media? You can find me at joebot.xyz. You can find me at my social media at joebotxyz. And of course, warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. Got a new article up, a write up, looking at a lot of the stuff happening right now, but also uh, the background of the election. And it's a, a, a typical burst of optimism from me. Uh, you know, really, Steve, I would have to say that, yeah, everyone that I'm talking to right now is extremely disappointed with the outcome of the election, but it's no excuse to stop fighting. You have to keep fighting. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a, hey. a pessimist by heart, and uh, I never stop fighting. So, you know, I, I think that uh, it really there is no room Here. for despair. Boy, boy, you're from Tennessee. You guys are born fighting, okay? In the mode of General Jackson and the Volunteers, Joe Allen, love you, brother. I'll maybe get you back on at five tonight. We're gonna have be a lot of Arizona, a lot of fight, a lot of fight in the Fight Club. Come on, thank you, sir. There were some big, there's some big wins on Tuesday, and you got to use those big wins, and we're gonna use them to the max. This is why morning Mika's melting down. This is why Pelosi's. Very worried about what's going on in the White House because we're on offense. Attack, attack, attack. Be back here at five o'clock. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.